Israel, and he had 12 sons. And one of his sons, of course, was Joseph, who was sold into Egypt to be a slave, and then later became the king, or second in command to the king, and rescued the whole world, basically. And then his whole family comes and joins him in Egypt. And, of course, we know Exodus, because we went through that this year. Then the people are enslaved after that, after 400 years, and then God delivers them. And so this is the story of salvation, but this is at the end of Jacob's life. He's come to Egypt, and he is speaking a blessing. Uh, Well, he's speaking a prophetic word over his sons. So all 12 of his sons. And so at the start of verse uh, 49, this is not going to be on the screen. It says, then Jacob called for his sons and says, gather around so I can tell you what will happen to you in days to come. So he's... He tells, he tells them what he's going to do. I'm going to speak prophetically into your life. I'm going to declare things that are going to happen in your future. This is what's, what, you know, and this is under uh, the anointing, the moving of the Holy Spirit. And he says this in verse 2. It's interesting. He said, assemble and listen, sons of Jacob. And then he says, listen to your father Israel. Now, it's interesting. Some of you are like, okay, that sounds interesting. Uh, Notice how he uses first his given name, Jacob, and then he changes it to Israel. Because if you don't know the story, in Genesis, Jacob has an encounter with God, and God changes his name. He wrestles with him, and then he limps, you know, it touches his hip afterwards and pulls it out of the socket or out of joint. And it says that, uh, he says, your name's not going to be Jacob anymore. Your name is going to be Israel. And so Jacob here says, hey, sons of Jacob, come here, listen to your father Israel. In other words, I'm I'm speaking from who God made me to be. I'm declaring to you, this is is something from the Lord. I just thought that was interesting that he changes the name right there. In other words, he's like, no, I'm, I'm talking to you right now as Israel. This is not the old God that was trying to do it on his own. This is this is the one that God transformed. This is the guy that God changed. And he changed my name, but he also changed my heart. And so he speaks from that. And so he begins to declare things over all of his children. Some of them are not all good. Because he says, here's what's going to happen to you. In other words, because some people are, you know, what's going to happen to you is not going to be good. Not because God doesn't want it to be. It's because, you know what, you're still making choices. And it's going to affect your life. I'm not preaching on that today, but so he goes through all these. He gets to the last two, uh, which are Joseph and Benjamin. I want us to read the section on Joseph, and it says this in verse 22. Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over a wall. So in other words, he's, he's talking about Joseph saying he, he's blessed. You can, you can see that. He's blessed. He's increasing. He has influence. He has growth. He has, you know, he's going beyond the, what was trying to block him in. And then this is the scripture that really got to me. It says, verse 23, with bitterness, archers attacked him and they shot at him with hostility. And some of you, if you know the story of Joseph, you're like, I don't remember any archers. Anybody remember archers in that story? There, are, there aren't any literal archers, <laughs> just so you know. With bitterness, archers attacked him. They shot at him with hostility or with hate or hatred. But his bow remained steady. His strong arms stayed 
limber because of the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel, because of your father's God who helps you, because of the almighty who blesses you with blessings of the skies above, blessings of the deep springs below, blessings of the breast and womb. Your father's blessings are greater than the blessings of the ancient mountains, than the bounty of the age-old hills. Let all those rest on the head of Joseph, on the brow of the prince among his brothers. I'm going to stop there. I had just never seen that scripture before. I was like, wow, there is, that is a powerful declaration, a powerful blessing, powerful imagery. I mean, it's just, it's just this, all, the, all this imagery of, of what goes on. And verse 23 struck me because I feel like uh, that is very relevant for many of us in our church body. And God wants to just remind you of this, that though you've been attacked, you've not been killed. Though you've been come against, you're, you're still walking. You're, you're still going. And in fact, that the Lord is going to be with you. Now, this verse 23, the word, it says, um, basically, I went into the Hebrew. I'm not going to break it down because I probably would just mess it up, first of all. <laughs> know a little bit of Hebrew, a little bit more Greek. But... The word here is very interesting. It talks about the things that came into Joseph's life that were meant to harm him, that were meant to wound him, that were meant to that were meant to stop him. If you remember Joseph, of course, you know, he was you know, it started off with his own family. His family came against him and they sold him into slavery. As I've said before, you thought your family was dysfunctional? <laughs> He's right up there with you. <laughs> Anybody ever think about selling one of their siblings into slavery? Okay, just don't, don't raise your hand right now. It's a sin to even think it, okay? <laughs> but they didn't just think it, they did it. I mean, can you imagine the betrayal and the hurt that Joseph experienced? I mean, this is like, this is like an attack that came against his life with bitterness. This was with bitterness they came against him, with, with hatred. The word there, interestingly enough, the word there that talks about, you know, like their hostility or hatred, yeah, it's a very interesting Hebrew word, and it's satan. It's very close to another Hebrew word called satan. Okay, one ends in an M, mama, like moo, moo, moo. <laughs> and one ends in an N, like Nelly. <laughs> Anybody know Satan or Satan? Ah, now you recognize it a little bit more when I say it in English in West Texas. Satan. <laughs> so it's the word there is with bitterness they shot at him with Satan. With that means to that word itself. You know, the word Satan basically means adversary or oppose, op, you know, one in opposition to you, uh, the enemy. But Satan means this, to hate, to oppose oneself to, to cherish animosity against. In other words, to be happy that you hate this person or this thing you're against. 
So it says this is what came into Joseph's life. The things that attacked him were from a point of hatred. You know, anybody been through some things recently where it feels like, man, it feels like somebody hates me. Guess what? There is. (laughs) It's not your family. It's not your spouse. It's not your kids. It's not your parents. They might have issues. Again, I'm not saying that there's not issues there. But the things that came against Joseph were spiritual in nature. They were from the enemy of our souls. They were from Satan himself. They were from the one who opposes and hates. And so with, with bitterness, archers attacked him. There were arrows that were shot at him. And in the middle of all this hostility, everything came against Joseph, right? I mean, Joseph had to think. I had a not, he had not just a bad year. He had a bad 13 years. He's even past a decade. You know, where just everything, you know, it would seem to go good for a while and then it would all come crashing down. You know, everything's going well and then, you know, something, what else could happen? And then something worse seems to happen. And so for Joseph, it, it, it could have seemed like, man, he's like, what is this opposition coming against my life? What is this thing that's trying to attack me? And so the response, though, is amazing here. It says that his bow remained steady. Uh, the word there is yeshab, which means to dwell and to remain in strength. And I believe that the Lord wants to remind you as we end this year that you can dwell and abide in strength. You don't have to give in to the archers that are coming against your life. You don't have to give in to the arrows that are coming against you in your family. You don't have to give in to those things that are be, where you feel like you are being fired upon in the middle of your life, that those things you can abide, you can dwell, you can rest in strength, and you can stand firm. Some of us need to say that. I can stand firm. If you need to say it, go ahead. So say it. I can stand firm. But it gets even better than this. It's not just you standing firm. It says this, after this section, it says, why did Joseph stand firm? Because, it's right there in the verse, Because of the hand of the mighty one of Jacob. So here's the picture that's going on here. Jerry, come on up here. Jerry and I are good friends now, so we can do this. So, (laughs) okay. So Jerry, uh, have you have you ever shot a bow? Okay. So you've you've never you've never done archery in any form. Okay. Perfect, because, <laughs> you know, he's from California. <laughs> you don't shoot anything in California, right? So, okay, I have shot a bow before, but uh, I wouldn't count on me hitting anything, okay? Same with a gun, okay? It's, it fires the same way. It doesn't matter what I'm shooting, okay? So if you take me hunting, it's all yours, okay? Go ahead and like be shooting right beside me. Okay, well, go ahead and fire, Pastor. <laughs> and you're like firing at the same time. Got it, Pastor. Good job, brother. 
you missed, but I got it for you. So, okay, so here's the picture right now. Jerry, if you, if you hold a bow, you, 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 do, you know how to hold a bow, right? So hold it like that and act like you're pulling back the string, okay, like that. So here, here's the picture. This is Joseph right here, but the picture is this, that God comes and puts his hands on him. On both sides. This is kind of awkward, so I'm not going to do it too much here. Somebody take a picture of this. Okay, like what in the world going on in this church? So God puts his hands upon Joseph. You know, when a child tries to pull back a bow, they're usually not strong enough. And so your parents, as a parent, sometimes you help them pull it back, right? And you hold it steady. And then you're like, ready? One, on the count of three, let go. One, two, three, let go. Thank you, Jerry. Give Jerry a hand there. All right. So this is the picture of the Lord coming into Joseph's life. And this is the picture of the Lord coming into our life to give us strength. That you know what? Sometimes you're like, yeah, I want to stand steady. But you know what? My arms are getting tired. I'm getting a little bit shaky. It's a little bit hard to pull this thing back over and over again. I'm getting tired, God. I'm getting tired of facing this thing. And the Lord says, guess what? I'm going to put my hands on you. And you're going to get strength that you didn't have before. It says, because of the hand of the mighty one of Jacob. Because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel. What does the shepherd do? The shepherd cares for the sheep, right? I mean, the shepherd is the one that leads the sheep. He's the one that leads them into, you know, to be fed by the still waters. Or the famous Psalm 23, that God leads us. He's like a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me. He guides me. He, he, he disciplines me. He protects me. He does all these things for me because that's what shepherds do. And so in the middle of Joseph's life, in the middle of the, the hatred and the attack that was coming against him, God was being his shepherd. God was still leading him. God was still caring for him. The Lord was still his shepherd. He was, he was his rock, the rock of Israel. Because of your father's God, who helps you? Some of us need to know that God's going to help us. He promises to do it. He's going to continue to do it. He's not going to give up. He's not going to stop. He's not going to have a limit. Like, you know, I mean, we have limits in our human times where we, we, we cut off when we're going to help people, right? I mean, I'm not, whether it's wrong or right, at some point we go, you know what, I'm, I'm, I can't help you anymore because you keep abusing what I help you with. Uh, God's going to keep helping them. Now, he's not going to give them what they want. He's going to give them what they need. Two very different things, right? What I want and what I need are sometimes two very different things. But it's this strength that God gives us. That it's the, the, the strength that comes when someone greater than you places their hand on your life. Sometimes that's all we need. Is, it, is God just wanting us to give the invitation He's like, quit shooting so fast. I'm coming up behind you to help you. <laughs> God, I can't do it. He's like, just wait. Just hold on a second. Just, just, just be at peace for a second and calm down. Because I'm going to put my hand upon you and everything's going to change. Can you imagine it when the, you know, 
the disciples were being sent out by Jesus and you know, most likely Jesus probably put his hands on them and says, I'm, I'm going to send you out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you. And what does God do? What does the Lord do for us? I mean, he, he touches us. He, he says when you come into the family of God, you're, you have the Lord, his presence comes into you. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells upon you. He puts his, he puts his hand upon your life. He puts his hand upon your hands so you, you can be steady, so that you can be strong, so you can endure, so you can abide in strength. Ephesians 6.16, if you can put this on the screen, son, this is very familiar from the armor of God. It says this, in addition to all this, all the other armor of God in that section, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish some of the flaming arrows of the evil one. No, it says all, right? <laughs> Thank you for seeing. Oh, these contacts are so weird. Uh, <laughs> which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows. Everybody say all. All. So how many attacks of the enemy can the shield of faith extinguish? All. Now you're getting it. Okay, I'm get, hopefully I'm getting it too. So isn't it, it's the same imagery here. That the enemy sends flaming arrows. He lights them on fire too. Uh, even worse, right? An arrow. But it doesn't matter if it's lit on fire or not. If I've got a shield where I am trusting in the one who is caring for me. I have to put up my shield of faith. I have to, I have to trust in the Lord. I have, to, I have to raise it up. Now, it's interesting also... That, and this is something that my dad said before, and I've shared it before, I know. Keep that verse up there. Um, is, is this. You notice all the, all the articles in the armor of God, they're all things that God gives us, right? But remember, you know, it's the belt of truth, right? It's, is it your truth? No, it's his truth, right? Um, it's the helmet of salvation, right? It's not, it's not anything I did. I, I put it on. I wear it. But uh, you know, the salvation is from him. The sword of the spirit, it's, it's his. It's the spirit's sword. Uh, the shoes of the gospel of peace, that's his. The breastplate of righteousness, not my righteousness, right? It's the righteousness of Jesus. And so my dad always said that the, that the word that's translated faith could also be translated faithfulness. Because if all the other articles of the armor of God are his, why would this one be ours? So it's not just your faith. Even greater, it's the shield of God's faithfulness. Now, we still have to choose to hold on to it, right? We're, you know, that's our, we do have, there is a, there is a faith aspect there is a trust aspect there is a there is an action that we have to take it's not we don't just lay there and it just magically happens but it's his in other words you're protected not by the strength of your faith but by the strength of his faithfulness you know what the strength of my faith sometimes is not super great right but the strength of his faithfulness is Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. 
It goes on and on and on and on. It does not change. His faithfulness stands firm. Your faithfulness is like the mighty mountain, it says in the book of Psalms. In other words, it is so high that no one, you know, nothing's, nothing can come against it. And so that's, that's the protection that you are receiving in the middle of the battle, when you're in the middle of being attacked, when you're in the middle of facing things that are coming at you in opposition, things that are wanting to uh, bring destruction in your life or get you off track or get you to focus on something else other than the Lord. The faithfulness of God is your shield. So trust in Him. So remind yourself of the faithfulness of God. You know, you've got you've to dwell on the promises of God. You've got to rehearse the promises of God. You've got to read the promises of God in the Word. You've got, you've got to have, the, because it's the faithfulness of God that is going to protect you. And it will extinguish all. All of them. All of them will be extinguished. So we've got the attack or the wounding, we've got the strength, and then it ends here with the blessing. It says, God helps you, the Almighty, who blesses you with the blessings of the skies above, the blessings of the deep springs below. In other words, way up or way down, He's going to bless you. All the stuff that's blessings of the breast and womb, in other words, life. I'm blessing you with life and, and fruitfulness. Your father's blessings are greater than the blessings of the ancient mountains. Than the bounty of the age-old hills. Let all these rest on the head of Joseph. You know, the blessing of God is greater than anything else you can achieve or own or accomplish in this life. There's, there's nothing else. I mean, you can have a great ministry, you can have a great family, you can have a great job, you can have a great life. But if you don't have the blessing of God, then you, have, you don't have what you need. What I need most in my life is for God to bless me. Not to just make things all happen good. I just need His, His blessing on my life. Because that's... That's the affirmation, the, the, the declaration over, over me that I belong to Him. I mean, God blesses those that belong to Him. He's going to bless the one who belongs to Him. And this blessing here that, that Jacob speaks over Joseph, I just think is so powerful that we need to receive the blessing that God would declare over our lives. That most of all, what I need to hear is the Word of God over my life. What is God declaring over my life? What is he saying over my life? Uh, here with, with Jacob is blessing his son Joseph. But he's, he's doing it under the, uh, the anointing or the unction of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's in the word of God. We know this was inspired by God. That he was inspired to speak this blessing. And I think it's interesting. You know Joseph of course is is one of those other people, he's one of the people in Scripture that actually doesn't compromise. You know, and I find that helpful. Sometimes we find it helpful when, you know, the people in the Bible fail, right? You know, because we, we, we have to know that, oh yeah, um, I'm not the only one, right? Sometimes we all need to know that you're not the only one to jack things up. Mess things up, you know, you're, you're not the only one that's ever done it. I mean, there's some people, they did it, and then God said, I'm going to write it down, and everyone's going to read it for thousands of years. 
Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you didn't make it in the Bible? <laughs> One of those guys. But Joseph, I also want those people in the Bible. We need to know that there's ones in the in the scriptures that you know what they didn't mess it up. Not that Joseph was perfect, but he followed the Lord until the very end. That he he stood firm in the middle of all the things that came against him. He didn't compromise even after his. His uh, father dies right after this. It says that his brothers became a little bit freaked out because they're like, let's see, you're second in command of Egypt, so you're basically, you're in charge of us anyway. And now our dad's gone, so we're not sure if you were just being nice to us while he's alive. And then once he's dead, he's like, now I have you where I want you. Suckers, it's time to pay. (laughs) I mean, I know this thing got worked out good in the end, but man, that that was a lot of suffering that I went through those 13 years uh, and so we're, we're going to pay up and even the score a little bit here. And says they became afraid. They actually became afraid. They're like kind of like sending them like, you know, forgive us cards. You're like, hey, let me send you a couple of notes here. Here's a gift card, man. Here's your, you know, I know you like to go to Amazon. And so can you just shop for something there? And, uh, you know, here's an early birthday gift. Here's Christmas for next year. Uh, whatever. We're, we're just, we're just wanna, we just want to let you know. And they even said this. They said, hey, our, our, actually, our dad told us something. It's totally a lie. They're lying to him. <laughs> like our dad told us, hey, when, when, when he dies, hey, don't do anything bad to us. <laughs> And Joseph, of course, says, look, look, I'm not going to harm you. I'm not going to take revenge on you. Because I was trusting in the Lord and God worked good in my life. Even in the middle of you wanting to harm me. And so Joseph trusted the Lord so much. That all the archers that came against him, he didn't have to pay them back. He trusted that the Lord would take care of that and the Lord would take care of him. And that's how you walk in the blessing of God. Is let him take care of your enemies. Let him take care of your past. Let him take care of whatever needs to be taken care of that would wound or harm you and you trust in him. You walk with him. You believe that he is at work in your life and that he is going to allow you to walk in his blessing. It might be the blessing of of surviving through pain. It might be the blessing of joy in the middle of sorrow. I'm not saying the blessing is going to be, you know, you're going to be rich and uh, never be sick or all those things. Uh, I don't know. But I do know there's a blessing that, number one, he's going to never leave us. And that the blessing of God is greater than anything I can get in this life. That if I can just say, oh God, if you would just speak your blessing over my life, it's enough. And Joseph said, it's enough. And so Joseph is one of those ones, he did not compromise. He did not fail. When, it was, when he was in the time of testing, he passed the test. And so we also have to know there's some people that, you know what, they made it through. They didn't just continue to fail over and over again. They were victorious. And so we need to take heart that I don't have to fail over and over again. I don't have to go through the same cycle again. I can be victorious. I can be like Joseph. And though the archer comes against me, the Lord will put his hand on my life. I will remain steady. and I will be strong. I will dwell in strength. And I will walk in the blessing of God. Amen. So I encourage you, man. Just... 
go home and read the scripture again. You know, I mean, just let the Lord speak to you. Uh, But I just really felt like this was just a a word for our church uh, as we end this year and go into next year. That we need to continue to depend upon the faithfulness of God. Let's keep our shield of faith up. Let's continue to trust in the Lord and His faithfulness that He's going to carry us through, that He's going to give us new strength, and that we are going to walk in the blessing of God. Let's stand. Thank you, Lord. So right now, if there's anybody that, as we close this year, if there's anybody you need to forgive, I encourage you, even right now as we're praying, or if you're not ready right now, I will encourage you to do it right now. If for some reason you can't do it right now, take some time today and clear your heart. Anybody you need to forgive to end this year. Let's just let's we just need to close the year in forgiveness. Uh, anything you need to trust God with, anything you need to release to Him, anything you need to just say, God, I, I don't know how to figure it out anymore, but I'm just I'm trusting you. If you have to picture it in your mind, just kind of like you're giving that person or that thing to God, then then go ahead and do that. It's just like you're just like say, saying, I let I let go. I take my hands off. Some of you might just need, need that strength from the Lord. You might just say, I just need God to put his hand on me. And God is, the Lord is just saying, just, just wait for me. Don't move until you, until you know I'm there, until I'm, you know I'm with you. So Father, right now, we just choose, just in this quiet moment, we don't have to get all excited about it. It doesn't have to be loud, but it can be powerful. Lord, anybody that's hurt us, we choose to forgive them right now. We declare that the blood of Jesus is greater to heal and forgive than than this offense was to harm my life. That your blood is able to heal and forgive and cleanse my heart and to cover even their sin that was done against me, God. So I choose to forgive. And I choose to put my trust in your faithfulness, O God. Lord, I choose to put my trust in you for this new year, for this situation that I know I'm, I'm still facing right now. Lord, this, we know the situation hasn't changed. But my perspective has. Help my perspective be the right perspective where I am going from strength to strength. And Father, I just pray for for just a feeling of strength right now in Jesus' name. It's just, it's just gentle. The Lord just wants to just gently touch you and say, I'm going to make you strong. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for ministering to us. We receive your strength. We receive your strength. We know that you're enough, oh God. We know that you're enough, oh Lord. We choose to receive from you. Let us dwell in that strength. Let us abide in it. But it's not just a temporary thing. It's a a settling. It's where you are settled in strength. Thank you, Lord. Make that real to us. In these coming days, God, as we enter into this, as we close this year and open the new year, God, we thank you that we're going to start resting in your strength.
Thank you, Father. Thank you for your blessing, God. Thank you that you blessed us with all the blessings of Christ. The heavenly blessings that you have blessed us with. If you need to know what those are, I encourage you to go home and read Ephesians 1. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That's what I really need. It's in him that we have all these things. It's in you, O Lord, that we have all these things. Help us rest in that, God. Help us learn to receive and walk in that in this coming year. In Jesus' name, amen. If you still need prayer, come on up. We'll pray for you. We'll pray for you tonight, though, too. So come anytime. You can come anytime from 7 to 8.30. You can come early. You can come at the end. You can come in the middle. We will be here, and we will be praying and serving communion over every single person and family that's here. So if, if, if you know somebody that needs to be here, invite them. Call them up this afternoon and let them know to be here tonight for prayer.